When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Startup Daily, episode 479, Freelancer Rates, How to Set Them and Raise Them, part one, by Sandra Kenrick with IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com. And welcome to Optimal Startup Daily, where I read to you every single day from some of the best blogs on entrepreneurship. And our post today on this Saturday is a little bit longer than normal, so I'm gonna read the first half for you right now, and then I'll finish up the rest for you tomorrow. And with that, let's get right to part one of this post as we start optimizing your life. Freelancer Rates, How to Set Them and Raise Them, part one, by Sandra Kenrick with IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com. Deciding on a freelance hourly rate can be nerve-wracking, especially if you're a beginner freelancer. You don't wanna charge too much and lose potential clients. On the other hand, you don't want to undersell yourself and lose out on potential profits. So what's a new freelancer to do? Luckily, there are three proven systems that you can use to find a good freelance hourly rate to start with. I'm going to walk you through each one and even give you real-life examples of rates many freelancers use every single day. Common freelancer rates. While your own personal situation will dictate the rate that you need to set, It's also helpful to know the base rates in the industry for some of the most common freelancer careers out there. You want to price yourself right, not too far below or over. In fact, hitting the number dead on is probably your safest bet. Here's the numbers for a copywriter. Beginner, $38,000. Mid-level, $53,000. And expert, $76,000. Graphic designer. Beginner, $34,000. Mid-level, $46,000. And expert, 65,000. Digital marketing. Beginner, 43,000. Mid-level, 67,000. And expert, 99,000. And web designer. Beginner, 35,000. Mid-level, 51,000. And expert, 75,000. Now, these rates are just basic rate calculator searches on sites such as Payscale and Glassdoor. It's important to remember that each role has its variances, which, of course, means different rates would apply. For instance, in copywriting, you might come across junior, senior, or copy editing. These would all have different salary bands, but should give you a decent idea of what to aim for. The last thing you want is to outprice yourself so wildly that it would be cheaper for your would-be client to hire a person for that role full-time with a long list of benefits. Factors to consider when pricing your freelance work. If you're leaving your 9-to-5, it might feel a little overwhelming to try and rally up the right number of clients to fill that gaping hole left by your no longer recurring salary. Knowing what to price might leave you blank, but we've got you covered. 1. Overheads It's easier than you think. You need to calculate what you need to make each month to keep your standard of living. If you left your job because it wasn't paying enough, then your freelancing rate can't be at that same rate. You need to push it higher. Tally up all your expenses, plus some new ones that might come along with your new role. Think changes to your taxes, additional insurances, paying your own health insurance, etc. Once you have a monthly figure in mind, it's time to break it down to your weekly, daily, and hourly rates. 
Take a deep breath if it feels too high. It probably isn't. Make sure any technology expenses you might incur are included in your overhead. Two, your experience level. This is where things might become a little tricky because experience is a big bonus. Clients want to know that you're familiar with their projects, needs, processes, systems, whatever. They don't want to feel like they have to train you. So your pricing strategy has to be on point. If you're starting out in the freelance writing industry, it's going to be hard to charge $100 per hour. In fact, going to a client with that rate and nothing to show for it might conjure up a giggle and a good chance they'll ghost your emails. Three, the client's willingness to pay. This one is a little bit of a tightrope and one you'll need to watch closely. If you're only dealing with cheap clients, you're never going to get the rate you deserve, beginner or not. Think of those $2 per hour offers on bidding sites where you need to scour for hours plus compete against other freelancers before landing a project. Just don't. You're worth more than that. Even as a beginner, you shouldn't work for anything under the $20 mark in most industries with a high percentage of freelancers. On the other hand, if you're constantly coming up against brick walls and not even bigger agencies can afford your rates, you might be overpriced. Request a counteroffer if a client rejects your rate and see if it's something you can work with. Just make sure that you're not undercutting yourself for cheap clients. Four, your resentment number. What is the lowest rate you're willing to go before you start resenting the project? $30 an hour, 20 an hour, maybe even 10? That figure is your lowest rate and shouldn't ever come into play, no matter how nice the client or the project. Why, you may ask? So imagine working for a company that offers you everything you like, endless coffee at the coffee bar, football in the conference room on Sundays, but the pay keeps you on the edge of your seat. One flat tire or a medical emergency not covered by your insurance, and you're in the hole. One more emergency, and you find yourself applying for a personal loan. You can hardly pay the bills. You don't have enough money to join your friends for dinner, ever. So how long before all those lovely benefits start curdling in your stomach? Now let's get back to that lowest rate. You're going to need to increase it, even double it. As a freelancer, there are few things worse than living on the edge of your income. It's tough to make good financial decisions when you're constantly in the hole, and the hole is your resentment number and lower. Take Ramit's friend who considered tanking her consulting side hustle because the $25 an hour and endless hassles with the client were simply not worth it. With Ramit's help, she landed a new client at double the rate and suddenly $50 an hour seemed worth the effort. Only the new client wasn't half as disorganized as the first one. The lesson here is that even if you're making money, you will get to a point where effort and reward need to make sense. If it doesn't, then it's time to raise that rate or else, you guessed it, resentment. Five, your goal salary. A ballpark figure is not a great idea. You need to know the salary you want to earn and the billable hours you can and are willing to work per day. More importantly, you want to know how many hours you're willing to slog away at your desk to meet that salary. For instance, if you have a monthly income goal of $10,000 and you want to work a 40-hour week, you need to earn at least $62.50 per hour. If you're a work-from-home parent, is a 40-hour week still realistic? Would you need to cut back to 20 or 30 hours? More importantly, can you adjust your rate higher if you do? These are all questions that you need to work through when deciding on your goal salary. Six, your competition. Ramit tells the story of two freelancers who did great work. Both were equally great, but the one charged double what the other did. When it was time for renegotiation, Ramit chose the freelancer with the lower rate. 
there was simply no reason to keep the other on as the quality of work was the same. When you're looking at setting your rate, it helps to know what others in your industry are charging. A few dollars here and there are not worth mincing over, but it's when you're looking at rates that are no longer competitive that you place yourself in the danger zone. Ask around on social media boards or befriend a full-time freelancer to understand work hours, income per month, and whether their year's experience affected their pricing. Scour blog posts and industry best practices to draw up your own rate sheet. 7. Hear that on tomorrow's episode. You just listened to part one of the post titled Freelancer Rates, How to Set Them and Raise Them by Sandra Kenrick with IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. And one of the things I really love about Indeed is that it filters out those incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash startup. So just go to indeed.com slash startup right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash startup. Terms and conditions apply. And thank you to Sandra, who in this post is writing for Ramit Sadie's site. Ramit is, of course, the author of the New York Times bestseller, I Will Teach You to Be Rich. He writes for over 1 million monthly readers on his site where he covers psychology, personal finance, careers, and entrepreneurship. His unusual combination of psychology, analytical testing, and his irreverent style led Fortune Magazine to call him the new finance guru on the block. And we've only heard great reviews about his book, uh, which came out with a second edition uh, in the last couple of years, I think. So that's worth checking out. You can find it on Amazon. And uh, Ramit appears on ABC and PBS regularly and periodically writes for the New York Times as well. He studied social influence and persuasion at Stanford and a previously co-founded PBWorks, a Silicon Valley collaboration startup. So come by IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com for a lot more, and thanks so much to Ramit for giving us permission to narrate his work here and on our other shows for years now. But that does it for today here on Optimal Startup Daily, but don't forget to join us tomorrow where we're gonna have part two of this post and where your optimal life awaits.